0: What is going on? What is going on? What is going on? Hey, y'all, I know it's been a minute since I've been back on this podcast. Um grateful for y'all's patience, for um, those who have been rocking with me for almost two years since I started in 2021 of December. Uh, and so, but yeah, just a few preliminary items I want to speak about before diving into today's episode. Uh, Pastor Jen late wanted me to share that this conference that we are promoting, uh, though in the links and uh, on the website, you'll see uh, a price for entry. If money is an issue for you to go, she doesn't want that to be a hindrance. So if there is interest, please reach out to her at the email that will be linked below and just through social media platforms, if you feel like that would be easiest to do. I can't recommend this um, meeting, this gathering space enough, especially this year's, the coming year's topic. And I just hope y'all are blessed by this conversation. Let's get into it. Hey, y'all. What's good? Here we are with another day and another episode of the Pilgrimage Podcast. I'm your host, Zeru Fitsum, and I've got dope guests with me today. Two of them are returnees. Uh, One of them, it's their debut, but it's not my first time talking to them. We got Leah Wren. We got Robert Monson. We got Pastor Jennifer Late here on the podcast today. Uh, What we're going to be doing today is talking about a conference that is happening in january and it is called winter I almost called the solstice it's called winter solace 2024 i was part of this conference on zoom uh last year and we talked about belovedness and being a child of god and i was very blessed by it as y'all have heard this story on the podcast with uh, Pastor Jen. But yeah, these folks that are on this episode with me are a portion of the group that are leading uh, groups at this. So yeah, I want to start with uh, Jen. Why don't you share a little bit about the topic this year?
1: So the theme of Winter Solace is home. The topic was actually Robert's idea. Um, So he probably has more to say about it than I do. But I really do think that it is an important topic. It is one that's been kind of pressing on the back of my brain maybe for a while. And I haven't spent a lot of time myself contemplating it until Robert brought it up in an early conversation earlier this year. Home is such a it's such a necessary thing. And it is such a hard place to find. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of us come from home backgrounds that were tricky. Um, I had a pretty safe upbringing, I would say, but I know that my experience is not common to many. And, um, and at some point in our lives, I think we all feel like we have to leave home. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the task kind of becomes, what do we, where, where do we find home after that? Because it is a place that we need. Um, I took a class in college. It was a CS Lewis, J.R.R. Tolkien, Charles Williams class. It was pretty awesome. And it was taught by uh, Dr. Tom Howard, who is somewhat recently deceased, I think. He, his premise was that all three of those authors are really writing about returning home and their characters usually leave home go through stuff (laughs) and then return home but it's not the same place that they left even if it is Mm -hmm. um and i think that that's sort of what the pilgrimage is about too pilgrimage is obviously a a moving metaphor And but the implication is somebody left somewhere and is traveling somewhere intentionally. Yeah. Um, And so that's kind of what's behind this for me. My personal feeling is like the answer in the back of the book, (laughs) Jesus is home. Mm. Um, But there are a whole lot of ways to unpack that and and ways to process the, the metaphor of home, I think, for this retreat.
0: I like that. So, Robert, uh, my brother, it sounds like this thought and idea originated from you. What was going on through your mind as you brought this up and how do you think about home?
2: Yeah, a few things. I was thinking as Pastor Jen was talking, um, I was thinking of Frodo and Frodo left his house and his state in the safety of the home that, uh, you know, his family had established and went on this journey with people that he learned to make home with on the journey as he left the Shire Um, and then came back a changed person. Right. So he had his original home, he made home with others and then returned to a place that was different as he was different. Right. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I I have been thinking about home for a while, actually a couple of years because the messages around creating home are pertinent to our world today, right? Many are displaced from their geographic location, losing bits of their culture or community, things that signify home to them, right? That's globally, we see so much of that. Then as a Christian, there's this vague notion that we should be establishing you know, the kingdom here in some ways and that there's a future home that we are going to. Mm-hmm. And I think the ambiguity of that home uh, <laughs> in the future is why so many people don't rock with Christianity, right? Mm-hmm. There's this nebulous mm-hmm. thought that after we die, we're just going to be somewhere having a 24-7 worship service. Well, for some, they need a little bit more, more skin in the game. Right. Uh, what else is going on up there? Who who over there? Who mm-hmm. all over there? and um so my my thought is to sketch out what do we mean by home both the home that we are going to and the homes that we are forced to create with one another um right. and i say this often but home is positive and negative right like home doesn't elicit fuzzy feelings from everyone and everyone doesn't have the best intentions um January 6 rioters, uh, they they had a concept of home that they were and are trying to create, right? And, and so I want to deconstruct that, uh, for lack of a better word, and, and um, think about how we can make
0: home together. I love that. Leah, tell me a little bit about how this topic of home hits you and uh, share a little bit about what you'll be doing during this conference.
2: And feel free to sing, too, Leah. I just, yeah, I'm please. Just,
0: just random, no, no not needed, but just go ahead. She'd be getting reposted by Chad Johnson and all these folks out here uh, touring with Peter, uh, not Peter Parker, that's Spider-Man. What's his name? He's one of my favorites. Peter, Peter You
2: be with Peter Parker, Leah?
0: Wow. No, I wish. <laughs> I yeah, Peter Collins, what, one of the dopest artists out there. So, yes. <laughs> I'm excited to have you on. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about how like uh, this topic of home hits you and yeah, like when you were invited, what resonated with you onto this conference and what you'll be bringing to the table?
3: I feel like for me personally, um, I think the last few years have been kind of a journey of seeing my own body as home for me um, and being a safe place because I feel like Um, Just personally having anxiety, um, it's really difficult for me to feel safe um, in a lot of places, um, even in the house I grew up in. And so I'm trying to figure out a way to feel safe in my own body um, and kind of even repeatedly telling myself, like, Emmanuel, who dwells with me, is my home and I am my home, too. Mm -hmm. Um, And... I've just even been thinking about, like, the concept of just, like, abiding in the vine and, like, just, like, sitting and, like, dwelling, um, just being present in my body. And, like, I think a lot of times in Western Christianity, we kind of detach our bodies from theology, um, which can be, like, super dangerous because, <laughs> like, at that point, it's like, okay, I'm giving up a part of myself now. Um, that God never called me to give up. And I think having a new perspective of like what your body is and how it can be a home to you um, will even help you like rethink the way that you relate to God. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to be doing um, just leading worship um, for Winter Solace and i'm excited um i don't know why but like the first time when you guys like started saying home i kept thinking of um it's <laughs> not a christian song at all when i think of home i think of a place where there's love it's overflowing same. and i was like that just sounds like such a safe and wonderful place to be just love over
2: can i say here it's funny that you referenced that song from the whiz I the first essay that I wrote on home, I actually referenced that song Man. Um, because I think it I, it is a spiritual song, right? Like the home that Dorothy was looking for, she tried to find it in all these other places, but one found it with her and her friends, and then returned uh, back home. So
3: it's interesting you referenced that. I love that. Side note, I do still have to watch it. Um, I was starting <laughs> during the subway scene, did not watch it yet, but it's on Netflix, and I will be doing that this weekend. <laughs> Good.
2: Let
0: like God use you. Let <laughs> like I use you. Um, <laughs> one of the things I'm hearing y'all talk about, which I think is really dope, as Robert's mentioning the ambiguity of home often espoused in Christian theology, and you're talking about home being Emmanuel traveling with you and being in your body, and Jesus being home, it very much so is this challenge to what the folks who study theology call docetism or docetic. It's very much so this spiritualistic disembodied journey. And anytime I've had a sustained thought about home, which is not often, uh, I don't know why that is, maybe. Yeah, who knows? But it's like, I think of two statements that I hear in my life. Home is where the hardest, have no idea what it means, but it's, it's heartwarming, you know? And Uh, I'm going there to prepare a place for you, both which are ambiguous and spiritualistic. Like, it doesn't mean that they don't have good meaning for us. But what y'all are talking about has challenged my reflection on home growing up and my reflection now. So what are some of the things y'all think this conference will provide challenge to people, participants, but in constructive ways?
1: Mentioning that quote of Jesus from John 15, um, about i go to p- prepare a place for you which leah also referenced john 15 abiding in the vine i feel like the western church has made that not embodied right i don't think that that is really as vague as it sounds because it's jesus saying it and he is god embodied and so now maybe i'm Going to use that as my intro passage for for Winter Solace because um, because I think maybe that's the challenge at least. So my vibe is kind of I really love the Bible, I really love Jesus, and but I know a lot of people have had both of those things weaponized against them, mm. and I find it invigorating to help people read the familiar texts and see things that are there that they didn't notice because of how the majority culture here has portrayed them. Yeah, um, And so, so I think maybe the challenge that I, at least for my part of this conference would put is Jesus is, well, like Leah said, Jesus is with us. It, God with us and we are embodied and it's a little less home is still kind of a nebulous concept um, as we are seeking our home, but it's not as maybe out there and vague and dreamlike and boring as, um, as we have sometimes been led to believe. And I think, the way that we get at that is by looking at who Jesus was in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, he was embodied and not boring and um, not nebulous and very welcoming and loving.
2: Yeah. I, I can't help but thinking that we're talking around this element of home and embodiment and still in the shadow of COVID-19, right? Mm-hmm. And with wars and rumors of wars, right? And so we are talking about these issues at a particular time that is troubled. The globe is still reeling from a pandemic um, that we still haven't got consistent messaging on, right? Um, and a lot of people are not here with us that were a couple years ago. Yeah. Many people have been trapped in their homes for an extended period of time. And so I feel really sensitive to uh, bodies and minds and the ways that those have been fractured over the past few years mm-hmm. and the way ways that mental health is at an all-time low. Mm-hmm. Right. And so... <clears throat> I'm also thinking about uh in Mark 10 when when Peter and the others come to Jesus and they're like, hey, we left all to follow you, homie. Yeah. <laughs> we left <laughs> hey, we loved a great deal to follow you. Uh, this is the new Robert translation. And um <laughs> we're lacking. And yeah. so uh Jesus says it's no no one who has come after me who has left all of these things. And he names these specific concerns that the d- the disciples had.
0: Yeah.
2: He said, you will receive both now and in the age to come eternal life. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there was this particularity with no, the things that you have lost along the way on this journey with me, I'm going to reward you both now and in the age to come, I'm going to crown you with eternal life. And so part of, uh, the thing that I'm interested in is being able to speak to those um, specific uh, worries that people have in their mind. Right. I'm, I'm almost less concerned with spirituality, like ethereal and no, what ways can I make you feel that that thing that you lost is precious and God does care about it, that Jesus does like, no, specifically like if you've lost time, due to de- to depression, what does home look like to you now? Yeah. Specifically, not ambiguously. Yeah, yeah. Um, come to the prayer meeting. No. What <laughs> would God say to you now? Um, and in the end, eternal life, right? I
0: don't know how you can make something so deep and goofy at the same time. I love it. <laughs> um, I am goofy. Go ahead. Indubitably. <laughs> I love it, though uh leah i wanted to ask you about like what does song selection look like with a concept that can be so ethereal i don't really know what the worship world got in terms of like this idea so i realize you can't just create songs to only make it embody. but has that I, and i don't know if you've chosen the songs yet either but yeah it
1: got leah that's what it's got it got Le- yeah
0: yeah yeah <laughs> That's true. That and
3: that's enough. <laughs> that's so kind. Um I would say um to be honest I was thinking about possibly writing a song. Um we shall see. But I really don't listen to much worship music. Yeah. Um at least like not like the ones that are coming out now. Um unless they're like more like worship collective not like big mega church type situation right um and usually like i pick songs that i feel like speak to um i guess like the places that i feel like i have been either mentally or physically um i try to think also about um just like the wording in the song um, and being sensitive to like other people's, um, either their like beliefs or feelings, um, or even like uh, like stigmatized words um, when it comes to like disability and everything. Um, so I try to take that stuff into consideration um, when I'm picking songs. But yeah, I have like a couple of songs so far that um, that I did choose that I wanted to do. Um, one of them is centering prayer um, by the Porter Skate, and the other one is Always with Me by I Am Son, which is like I listen to that in the morning because it just it's just so grounding and comforting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: I love that language and I love that um, sensitivity. It's um, really important one of the things that i'm thinking about now is how homes are often wrecked with um weights of injustice right we could talk about how war does that to people but also the more like domestic things like physical uh violence or just financial abuse all these different ways are. Traversing to find some type of home. Like our first home could have been like the place where that was all unraveled for us. And then we go to a different place where it's like, oh, this home seems like it's going to be way better than this one. But we just keep finding ourselves in these cycles of disappointment of what we thought home is. So, <laughs> what hope for home? is there with people who thought they had found home and then immediately lost it again because of perpetuations of injustice and in whatever it forms i i think
2: most of our conflicts interpersonal conflicts actually are around what we think home is mm-hmm. uh right because we we do have programming and thoughts of what we should feel like whether that's positive or negative or in the middle yeah. right yeah, yeah and so where you intersect with with my idea of home is where we have the problems. Um, and so I think of our parents, most parents are, they want to create a loving home environment, right. but they are byproducts of other people's home ideologies as well, right? right. And so they're trying to push back against what they know to create something different. And sometimes they end up perpetuating the thing that they hate, yeah. um, which is most of us. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I think the, the the hope for me is um, being ana- able to analyze those elements of home that I have already created, um, the, the negative things, the positive things. And even with my upbringing, I'm able to look back now and see what my parents were reaching for, even though that they were, they were very dysfunctional. Mm. And a lot of my uh, mental conflicts are because of their, their child rearing, <laughs> but I do see what they were reaching for. Mm. And there were, wa- there were ideals in their heart that they were reaching for. They just didn't know how to, to get there. And so part of my um evolution as a person is collaborating with others and learning well how can we best construct this not just my individual thoughts but together what does safety look like um for all of us because that's a important element at home is like what would make leah feel safe what makes jen feel safe safe in your body and your mind etc so
1: Yeah, so I really like what Robert had to say. Um, Totally true that we are products of people who are products of other people who are like, it just goes all the way back. Um, And I do think there's a lot of value to becoming aware of, and this is going to sound like, I'm saying you have to take all the responsibility on this yourself, which I'm not saying. Um, But when you become aware of your own patterns and your own, like where they came from, it becomes much easier to notice them in other people. Yeah. um, Which helps over time with practice, (laughs) enable better relating, even if the other people are not as self-aware yet. Um in I teach a class called Stepping into the Story and we go through a lot of things um it's kind of a look back to move forward kind of class and one of the weeks we spend the whole thing on family so a little preview mm-hmm. um but we talk a lot about we talk about family systems and how everybody has a role that they play in their family and so even if you if you came from a toxic background and you try to set out and do something new you still have this role in your family of origin and so learning how to learning some skills taking some time to differentiate from your family of origin not to reject them but to just say okay this is why I am like I am this is what my role is this is how I can move forward um is super important. My husband and I are very different from each other. And he is partly how I noticed my own family's dysfunctions. Cause we have one of those functional looking, very functional looking families, um, who hide our dysfunction well. And so, and I love them. They're fantastic, but I am much more aware of, um, stuff that we, my branch of the family needs to work on. Um, because of being with somebody so different. And so I think there is hope in being self-aware and there is also hope in interacting with people. I think the other thing that's happened in this time period is that we, we have lost so much and we have been so wounded and we have been so grieved um, that it feels safer to look for people that are like ourselves. Um, And So I feel like a lot of that is happening too. And then those, because we're always going to let each other down. Those people, those relationships don't quite work out how we thought. And so then it's like, well, I got nothing. Because these were the people who were most like me. And so I think um, learning to to do home with a big cross-section of people who are very different but who I can feel open to learn from because they're for me, even if they're not for all the things that I think mm-hmm. um, they should be. No, yeah, that was really good. I feel like from what both of you
3: guys had just said, um, I was kind of thinking about leaving behind old mindsets um, of like what family um, looked like that might have not been great, and then like re- redefining and reimagining what it could look like. And like it made me think of um I don't know if you guys know the voice to men song at the end of Prince of Egypt, where <laughs> it's like, I will get there. I will get there somehow. Across that river. Yeah. yeah, it just it just makes me feel like it's you're kind of leaving it's like an exodus of sorts, an exodus from like a past mindset and like thinking of a new way to have a home with people that you love, that you care about, you don't wanna be separate from, um, but like making your home with them and with yourself in a way that's safe and has boundaries um, for you. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, uh, There are also other folks who aren't here in this podcast episode with us that will be there for those of y'all who joined that i want pastor jen to be able to give us an idea of what they'll be doing at this garden so please share yeah
1: thanks yeah so i am still waiting for one blurb from one of them uh reverend bernard is he the first time we did a winter solace retreat he was getting ordained and the and this time he just got officially installed as pastor of his church and so he hasn't got me all this stuff yet, <laughs> uh, but he always does something on worship, and it's always good. Um, he's a he's a repeat faculty person because people request. Yeah. Come back. So, um, but we also have Lisa Congo. This is her second year with us, and she. But this is her first time doing a workshop. Her workshop is called "Home Isn't Always Sweet." Um, And her description is, for many, the imagery of home is not safe or positive. What does it mean to find a peaceful home when home has not meant safety? Mm -hmm. Amy Sandova is also running a workshop. Hers is called Home Alone. Sometimes the scariest place one can be is alone with their thoughts. They can be so loud, they're suffocating. So intrusive, they invade every space and so crippling we crawl through life. Are we always at the mercy of our past? Will we constantly try to outrun our biggest failures? Are we able to look in the mirror and like the person we see? Mm. Maybe it's not about being home alone, but learning how to be at home with yourself. In this season, we will learn how to confront our negative thoughts, discover the roots of shame, and start the foundation for a home where we can find peace dwelling with God and last but not least chandra crane she's gonna do something about um home now but not yet can we even flesh out
0: um what jesus being home is as y'all have said this not just preparing this but the person of jesus who has made space for us to make home in ourselves to find home in him uh what can people be looking forward to at least in some of the sessions to actually understanding what that means
1: just on the basis of what i already do i've been doing a lot of work lately um which ties back to this to 23's winter solace conference um on the on what our identity in jesus really is and how if he is the he is god embodied but he's also the quintessential human being mm-hmm. um and so we are my working theory is the closer the closer we draw to him the closer we draw to ourselves
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, because he is the embodiment of what humans were meant to be and we're not supposed to stop being ourselves we're supposed to be like the Robert flavored version of Jesus and the Leah flavored version and the Zuru flavored and the Jen flavored version of Jesus. Um, I didn't get, I didn't make this up. I don't remember where I got it, but somebody tweaked the, what would Jesus do question and made it, what would Jesus do if he were you? Um. And I think that to me, that's, kind of the foundation for this if we can find jesus then we can find us Mm -hmm. Um, in the book of revelation he says that he's gonna give the person who's faithful or something a a stone with their true name on it and that has always captivated me and i really Mm -hmm. think that that's that's what he longs to do he longs to call us our true names and he longs for us to live that true name. And I think that is another way of saying
0: home.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think about, you know, making our home with Jesus, you know, Jesus is our home. I again I'm a pragmatist. Um, so um I I have to find Jesus now. I really do. And I think about in Matthew 25, where Jesus says, you know, I was hungry you know, and you came to me, you know, I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. You know, I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. And he talks about being in prison and they're confused, like, Lord, when that, when do we see you like this? You know,
3: like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Like in that day, they're going to be, no, Lord, not us. We're, 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 what are you talking about? I, yeah, what are you talking about, Jesus? And <laughs> I, I think of that connection that he made to you're going to be able to find me with the least of these. You're going to be able to experience me. You're going to be able, you don't have to look in the clouds. You're going to be able to touch and feel and experience. And so I don't mostly think of that in terms of like evangelism or, or different things like that. It's letting me know that when I am about this work, that's where I'm going to find my home with Jesus one. And then two, those areas where I am hungry, thirsty, naked, I'm going to be able to experience, um, God usually for me in the touch of others, right? Like that's where I'm going to encounter, uh, Jesus being my home is through a communal care ethic, right? I can't, see Jesus with my naked eye but I'm going to be able to experience that love of my community showing me um kindness in that place of vulnerability when I'm having an anxiety attack I need to see signs of Jesus's home there right and so that's what I think about yeah
3: I feel like um for me specifically um I think music and singing and songwriting has always been kind of something that um, is a coping mechanism for self-soothing. And um, what I try to do is, I think everyone can write songs and I think everyone should write songs. And like most of my songs are just like prayers to God. And like sometimes instead of just like a regular, like talking prayer, I'll just like, think of what I'm feeling, like what is my body feeling? And I'll just sing it, I'll be like, okay. So I told Mr. Rue this morning, uh, or not this morning, when the thing started, that it was like, uh, I was like, I felt tired. So I'll be like. I'm weary, will you be my rest? I'm weary, will you be my rest? I have nothing. Feeling like a mess, I'm weary. And then just like keep singing that or like anything. Like I just made that up, but like anything that oh. I'm feeling, I'll just sing it and kind of like wait for God to respond to me. Like, yes, I will be your rest. yeah. And like waiting for that to like comfort me. But, yeah.
0: I love that. Leah, for real, anointed, gifted unprecedented we should have just made this episode you sing is this the head. no
1: kidding <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right so i actually have one question left and it was hint- it's hinting at what robert was kind of going at like there there's already this understood tension of what home is whether it's negative or positive this hope and this expectation for god to actually meet us in people in in Comfort and presence and through music, just this imagination of God with us in these darkest times. But there is a role that we have in creating home for ourselves, but also others. That Matthew 25 passage is a great indication for us. I think about uh, Robert's practical theology coming to play, Bonhoeffer's question, who is Jesus for us today in the face of much uh, a genocidal regime and all of these things. So how can we imaginatively, constructively uh, think about creating home for others from a place of having some semblance of home within ourselves? And with God, Roberts talked about um, meeting the needy and the vulnerable, but it just got me thinking about that.
3: Um, I will say I think when people are safe spaces for themselves, they can be safe spaces for others. And usually, like, other people feel that, um, like, they can feel that you're at peace within yourself. um, And that you can, like, not only do the work of, like, untangling your thoughts, but helping them untangle theirs as well. And so I think, I think there's a verse um, that talks about, like, helping others carry their burdens. Uh, I can't remember the verse. But like, I feel like that is a way to do that. Just making space to be a home for someone else when they don't feel like they have a home, um, like being present with them and like providing a safe space.
1: Yeah, that is so right on. I was thinking in terms of all three of us said something different as far as, um, how we how we connect with Jesus's home and how we help other people. And yeah, Robert's yours is probably the most pragmatic, but Leah talked about music and I didn't really talk, talk about anything, but, but I, but I think it did illustrate, I think it did illustrate how um, we are all trying to move into what would Jesus do if he were us with a different, all of our different, Slants, like I am or I would love to be super great at practical stuff. I don't my brain doesn't work like that. I don't see things in that way. But the pilgrimage formed because what I did see was my own experience of feeling hurt in church, and then other people just kind of the church was not a safe home and. So feeling like, okay, I don't see myself as the end-all and be all of this, but I know what I've worked through and I know how Jesus has gotten me through this and I think I have something that I can share with other people to help them work through it. and um f- from my perspective and if you, I mean, I have there's a Bible study that we have twice a month on Wednesdays. And we just read the Bible. It's not a set study. There are no set questions. Um, We use a little Lectio Divina tinged practice. And people come to it on purpose. Most of them do not read the Bible in their personal life. They can't anymore. They cannot engage it, but they can engage it in that space. Mm -hmm. Um, And they want to. And so I think there are, we all have, ways of like you said Leah if we have learned to be safe in ourselves um to be a safe space for ourselves there are ways that we can create that for others in the way that we ourselves have been served
2: yeah as you were talking i was i had this image of my father growing up and he, he worked two jobs back to back and would only sleep a few hours a night. And I, growing up, I watched him struggle his, you know, he was resilient, right? And he's, he was working to make a life um, for the, the, the millions of kids in my family. Um, but I was just thinking how that connects is I, I just wish I could have given him a chance to breathe. And I think the reason why I'm so practical is because life was moving very quickly for him and he didn't have an opportunity or the privilege to breathe. And so what I think about in relation to this question that you asked, Zuru, is I just want to give people an opportunity and space to breathe. That's the way that I write. That's the way that I think of theology. Um, I feel like I don't have any like deep things to share. I just want people to be able to take a deep breath you know life and capitalism uh and racism all intermix to make people work to make people uh scrounge for their sick days um people are in pain and i just want people to like something that we share something that we write something that we offer can give a person, a place to just breathe for 10 seconds. I can catch up on their mind, their thoughts. And to me, that's a success.
0: Yeah, I love it. I think that's a great word to just settle our selves and our time. And uh, Pastor Jen, I wanted to see if you could uh, share the dates of the conference with the people and give them uh, just, yeah, again, I'll put the registration links and everything in there, but yeah. Where they yeah,
1: so it's January twelfth through fourteenth. Um, it's a hundred percent online. We have we start at so I'm on the east coast, so <laughs> it's Eastern time listed, but um, starts at seven p.m. on the Friday on the twelfth Eastern time. And um, there's one session we kind of introduce everything. I introduce the theme um, this year. I actually that's the only part that I have, and then a little bit wrap up at the end. Um, because we have such talented workshop leaders, I didn't have to actually step in and do one. Um, The next day, uh, Robert, I think is gonna open us up for the most part for the day. And then there are workshops, two sets of workshops so people can choose two each um, and then out of the four. And then Leah wraps up that day and then Sunday um sunday's a little different because i'm a pastor and there are some other pastors bernard's mm-hmm. a pastor some other pastors that have responsibilities in the morning so we share our church links if you have a church that you go to that streams um you can share the link and people can attend if they want online um, and then we wrap up in one final session with communion at around two mm-hmm. um, so yeah wonderful man
0: well it's been a pleasure to get to talk like y'all are the three in the group that i do know in uh some form or manner and so shout out to the rest of y'all who didn't show up you know what i'm saying no shade none of that but <laughs> <laughs> let me just be clear but uh blessings and i hope uh you listeners on the pilgrimage my pilgrimage uh when jen was mentioning the pilgrimage she was talking about her ministry and now the pilgrimage podcast uh to really Take the opportunity to think about home in creative, loving ways. Um, Bless y'all. And uh, for you listeners, uh, until next time, here's to painting a canvas of hope and light and love in our world today.